If you appreciate our worship team, would you just give them a round of applause this morning? So thankful for, for Matt and his leadership and all of those that make it such a wonderful experience to come and to worship here at PCN. And I'm glad that they do it because I couldn't do it. So uh, I am very grateful for those of you that have such talent and gifts that God has blessed you with to lead us in worship. What a credible opportunity that is each and every week. So we want to give them praise and thanks for what they do. Thank you for being here. We're glad you're here today. I want to share with you from God's Word in 2 Timothy chapter 1. So if you want to begin turning there or, or pick it up on your phone or your tablet or wherever you get God's Word, uh, we want to encourage you to follow along in God's Word this morning. This week was a special week in the life of our country as we celebrated Veterans Day on Thursday. And uh, there are so many things to be thankful for, for our veterans. But this morning, I just wanted to honor those veterans that are here. If you are a veteran and you have served our country, would you just stand right where you're at? Yeah, come on. Don't be shy. Thank you. Thank you. And we want to honor you for your service. We are forever grateful for your sacrifice and your service. Thank you for what you've done in serving our country. We appreciate that. We honor you. We thank you. We appreciate you for all that you've done, for all that you continue to do. And for those that are still serving, we have some of our very own that are still serving today. We pray God's blessing over them and protection over them in the days ahead. Amen. Today, I want us to look at what is required of us to become a veteran. And I'm not talking about a veteran of the United States. I'm talking about the true veteran of the cross of Christ. So I want to invite you to follow along with me from 2 Timothy chapter 1 or chapter 2 as we read from God's word Paul's letter to Timothy here. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says this. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. We want to reflect on his word this morning. Would you pray with me? Father God, we once again give you this time. We ask you, Lord, that the miracle of preaching would take place, that it would be your word that speaks through your broken vessel to our hearts and to our minds today. Speak to us, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice a couple of the flags here today that we have. We have these displayed prominently each week, and you may not have Notice them for a while, or maybe you lose sight that they are here. We have our American flag to my right, to your left, and then we have the Christian flag to my left, to your right, 
And these are here every week. If you haven't noticed, we, we display these proudly in our church. And we're thankful to be a part of a nation that gives us freedom to worship. Amen? But I'm also so thankful to be a part of the army of God that we can stand for the Christian flag as well. To become a veteran, you must be a good soldier. So today I want us to talk about what it means to be a spiritual veteran. As you know me over the years, you've learned that I like to define things so we can get on a common ground and understand things. So I wanted to look up what does it mean to really be a veteran. A veteran, a couple different definitions here. As a noun, a veteran is a person who has had long service or experience in an occupation, office, or the like. Number two, a person who has served in a military force, especially during time of war. Veteran is also an adjective, and it's defined this way. A veteran of a soldier having served in a military force, especially during war, experienced through long service or practice, or also a veteran of or pertaining to veterans. There's, there's, there's big definitions there. There's some ex- explaining that goes on there of what it means to be a veteran. Somebody who is committed to a cause for a set amount of time. So I want us to see what it means to be a good soldier and to become a true veteran of the Lord. There's, there's five things that I have for us this morning. We'll be here for at least a half hour for each of them. I hope you brought your sack lunch and we'll be ready to go. No, I want to go through these very quickly with you. The requirements of what it means to be a good soldier. If you're taking notes and following along in your outline, the first thing is this. The requirement is, number one, you must volunteer. You must volunteer. First of all, to serve either flag that's represented here, one must do so voluntarily. In America, no longer do we force men and women to serve in the military service by calling them, by drafting them. It is truly a volunteer to serve in our military today. Recruitment officers are sent out to encourage people to volunteer to serve in the military. And many of you that stood, you probably have stories about those recruitment offices. My mom is with me today, and I'm so glad that she's here today. She remembers a time when I visited a recruitment office, and she about killed me. But I thank you for going to those offices. There's, there's officers that are set there. There's, there's soldiers that are set there to, for the intended purpose to recruit volunteers. To recruit volunteers. Here's what's really cool about being a spiritual veteran. The same is true for serving the Lord. God is a gentleman. He never forces his way on anybody. He asks us to serve in his kingdom. He draws us to himself through grace. And as we're drawn to him and we accept a relationship with him and we grow in that relationship with him, we continue to desire to serve him and to serve his kingdom. The Bible talks about the recruiters for God's army as well. Jeremiah 44.4 says, Again and again I sent my servants, the prophets, to plead with them 
2 Corinthians 5.20, we are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to them. We urge you as though Christ himself were here pleading with you, be reconciled to God. 2 Peter 3.9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake, because he does not want anyone to perish. So he is giving more time for everyone to repent. Aren't you glad for that today? Christ is pleading with us today for the sinner to come, to know him, and then to serve him willingly. But it is a volunteer position. God will not force this decision on anyone. He does, though, give us adequate time to volunteer. I would be so brave today to urge you today that that time is shortening. God has given us adequate time. If you look at the year on the calendar, it's 2021, about to turn to 2022. That means we've had, just in simple math, over 2,000 years to make this decision. And as we see all that's happening in our world, if I can be so bold to say, God has given us adequate time, but we should not delay to volunteer. We should not delay to come and to be a good soldier for Christ. The first requirement to being a true spiritual veteran for the kingdom of God is we must volunteer. Number two, jot this down. The second requirement is this. You must have complete faith. Complete faith. When you serve the American flag, you must have faith that the nation will supply your needs. When you sit down with that recruiter, they tell you all the good things they're gonna, you're going to have available to you, how you can travel, how you're going to have a job and a paycheck, and how, how one of the things that, that appeased me when I went to, to that recruiter's office was I, I liked the uniform of the branch I was visiting. So they told me about the uniform I was going to receive, the dress blues. Ooh, I was excited. You know, free clothes and give you your food. And, and guess what? They also give you a buddy to go along with you. They try to take care of your every need. Need is the key word there. Amen? But we have to have complete faith that they will supply our needs. When we serve the Christian flag, we must also have faith in the one who's called us into service, that he is faithful to supply our every needs. Amen? And it's not just a cool-looking uniform. He supplies us with the armor of God. He supplies us with every good thing that comes from above. Amen? But we must have complete faith. You see, sometimes, I don't know about you, we struggle in life to have faith that God will meet our needs. That God cares for us in such a way that He will supply our physical, our emotional, our financial, our spiritual needs. Matthew 6, 31-33 says this, So don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. 
Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs, and He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Don't worry about having enough. God already knows your needs. I love the if statement there, and I think it's important. I want to pause there for a minute. God will take care of your needs, not just for living, not just for breathing, not just because he created you. There's an if statement. There's a part that we have to play, and it's this. If you live for him, if you volunteer, if you become a spiritual veteran, a good soldier for him, and make the kingdom of God your primary concern, he will provide our needs. And I love that God even provides godly company for us as well. Amen? Take a minute and just look around. You are not alone in this room. You are on this journey with somebody else. You may not be at the same place in the journey, but that's okay. You're on the journey never alone. Never alone. 1 John 1.3 says, We are telling you, about what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We know it. We've received it. We've accepted it. Now we get to go out there and tell others to come and be a part of the same fellowship. I'm so thankful of what we have in a ministry right across the alleyway here in Samaritan's Closet. And now we have people that have come through Samaritan's Closet Ministry that are now serving within the ministry and they are continuing to pour into the lives of people to say, guess what? I know what you're going through. I've been there. And now there's somebody who can give you hope and give you what you need. You just have to volunteer and sign up to be on his team. Have complete faith. I'm so thankful that we have the good news. Amen? We know that we are being called to share that news with others. God will provide our needs. we got to have complete faith to trust Him. The Lord wants, to, wants us to be true veterans, experienced through long service and practice, as the definition said earlier. But we must volunteer, and we must have complete faith to be a good soldier and a true spiritual veteran. Number three, we must have a complete commitment. A complete commitment. When you serve the American flag, you are expected to be completely committed to your country and to allow nothing to prevent you to perform your duties of serving faithfully in your role. Talking to some just recently, <laughs> it's not easy but you're expected to be committed. You're expected to fulfill that commitment that you've made. In other words, you can't just quit when it gets hard. When you get into the Army or the Navy, the Marines, the Air Force, whatever branch, whatever job you may be serving in, whichever, whichever place of service that you are giving your life to, you can't just give up when it's hard. You can't just quit you're there and you must be completely committed. 
The same is true when we commit to the Christian flag. I think some people get this sideways. They expect, you know what, when things get hard in the church, when things get hard in my faith, I don't want to read the Bible anymore. I don't want to pray today. I'm just going to give it up. No, that's not what God says. Be faithful. Be committed. Finish strong. Be completely committed to serve Him faithfully. We can't just quit our faith when it gets hard. Amen? When we face hurdles, we can't just crawl in our bed and just say, you know what, I'm done. I'm not coming out today. Even when we don't feel like it, we have to keep pressing forward. I've heard it said before, you know, this rings true, I think, in every church I've ever been a part of. There's no such thing as broken churches. Only broken people. So just because we, we may not like something, it doesn't mean we quit and go find it somewhere else. Because guess what? You're going to go from one broken, one broken place because it's filled with broken people to another place that's filled with broken people. So why not be committed to the solution? Why not be a person that says, you know what? God will meet every one of my needs even in a place of worship. Praise God. It may not be perfect, but I guarantee you it's not broken. God's creation of the church is not broken. But we, as flawed human beings, can be broken. Let's be a part of the commitment to make it right. Amen? Amen. Luke 5, 11 says, as soon as, they left, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Luke 5, 27 says, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his booth. He said, Come and be my disciple. So Levi got up and left everything and followed him. Luke 14, 33 says, So no one can become my disciple without giving up everything for me without giving up everything for me that's total commitment folks that's the question that comes to us the longer we walk with Jesus the more grace that he has given us and we have received the longer we we stay in step with his will and his purpose then he says to us have you given me everything are you still committed do I have everything because that's what I require we must give up everything for Him. Complete and total commitment. Several years ago, over in England, there was a church in England that was struggling in attendance and they were struggling to see growth in their church. And they decided that they were going to open up their church because they had this incredible facility that was designed for having great crowds and great symphony music in, played in their sanctuary. Sir John Barbaroli, I probably butchered that name, was conducting a symphony there in England. And as they would come into this church on Saturday nights to use their facilities, and the concert had become so great that people began to come from all over the area to come that there was only standing room only in that sanctuary for those concerts. And one Saturday night, there was a person that was attending that concert Concert, and he looked over who he was sitting next to, and he happened to be sitting next to the pastor of the church. On this particular evening, he 
looked over to the preacher and he leaned over and he said to him sarcastically, when are you going to fill this sanctuary on Sundays the way that Sir John Barbaroli has filled it tonight? The preacher looked his antagonist straight in the eye and he said with a steady voice, I will fill this hall on Sunday morning when you give to me as you gave to Sir John tonight. Eighty-five disciplined men and women to be with me and to work with me totally committed to the cause. Wow. Are we totally and completely committed to being a good soldier, a true spiritual veteran of what it takes to live for Jesus? Number four, the fourth requirement to be a good soldier and a true spiritual veteran is we must have complete obedience. Complete obedience. If we were to go and interview all of our veterans that stood this morning and talk about this very requirement, we could ask them a question. Did you ever disobey an order? Did you ever do what you wanted to do when you were told something else? Most likely, I would assume that the answers we would get were that they were required to follow orders and expected to be obedient to the letter of the law. You see, when we serve the Christian flag, sometimes we make God's truth and we turn it into relative truth. Well, what's true for you may not be true for me because I don't really like that part. We may read the Bible or read Scripture. We say, you know what, I don't really like this part, so I'm not going to believe it. I'm here to tell you, if you believe John 3.16, that Jesus Christ died for your sins, you've got to believe all the rest too. You can't just pick and choose God's Word and say, you know what, I'm going to believe this part and live this out, but I'm not going to do this because I just don't like this. You see, in our world today, people don't like, they say there's no such thing as absolute truth. And I would argue till I'm blue in the face that there is. It's right here. Just because we believe this, guess what our world labels us today as? We're a hater. We're, we're a bigot. We're a racist. We don't love people. This word says, if you read this word, and I hope you do, it says, if you are my disciples, you will obey what I tell you to do. Wow. This is absolute truth. This is the complete obedience that God is calling and requires of us. Matthew 26, 19 says, So the disciples did as Jesus told them. John 14, 21, Those who obey my commandments are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20 says, If you will only obey me and let me help you, then you will have plenty to eat. But if you keep turning away and refusing to listen, you will be destroyed by your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. I, the Lord, have spoken. If you will obey me and let me help you. Complete obedience. I don't know about you, there's times when I was growing up that I would get instruction from my parents, and I'd think, you know what, that sounds pretty good, but I think I know better. Anybody else that would join that camp with me? Just one couple, a couple of them are like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, parents pointing to kids. I love it. Yeah, I love it. 
you know, but there's times when we would go out and we would choose to do what we wanted. It may not have been breaking a rule, but we didn't follow the orders. It wasn't complete obedience. It was partial obedience. It was go clean your room. I'll get to it later. Well, did you clean your room yet? I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Well, I, I'll, clean it, I'll clean it later. You know, my dad, he was always home on Mondays. Mondays were his day off, and he was, he was a perfectionist. We were raised in a perfectionist home, so our rooms needed to be clean. They weren't always clean. And I remember very vividly as I got older, on Mondays, usually on Mondays, it was make sure your room is clean. And I thought, you know what, I probably have till next Monday to make sure it's that done. And I remember one week in particular that I cleaned, cleaned my room on Saturday night right before church. I'm like, this will make dad happy right before church, right before he goes. No. You see, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Jesus requires complete obedience. When he asks us to do something, when he gives us a command, he requires complete and total obedience to his commands. And not only do we obey it, he then goes on and commissions us, commands us, compels us. Go and make disciples, make followers of me. And what does he say? He doesn't stop there. He says, and teach them to obey all I've commanded. Wow. This must be pretty important if this was one of the greatest commissions we've ever had. Complete and total obedience. John Newton was the writer of one of the most popular hymns in history, Amazing Grace. And he said, if two angels in heaven were given assignments by God, at the same time, one of them to go and rule over the greatest nation on earth, and the other to go sweep the streets of the dirtiest village, each angel would, completely, would be completely indifferent as to which one got which assignment. It would simply not matter to them. Why? Because the real joy lies in being completely obedient to God. I was talking to somebody just a couple weeks ago. How can we tell there's fruit in our life of following Jesus? How can we tell when there's something going well, that we are on the right track? How can we see the fruit that God has in our life? And I encourage them, you may never see fruit in tangible ways that you and I can count and see, but the real fruit that God desires is complete obedience to what he's calling us to. You can do a lot of different things in life. You have the choice, and when God gives us a command, you have the choice whether or not you will be completely obedient or not. Complete obedience is a requirement for being a good soldier in God's army, a true spiritual veteran. Are you being completely obedient to the will of God? Finally, number five, the last requirement is we must have complete devotion. Complete devotion. When you serve the American flag, you are expected to be completely devoted to the country it represents. What does devotion mean? Devotion means this, an earnest attachment to a cause or a person or another reason. Devotion, a profound dedication, especially to religion, totally consecrated. 
You see, when you serve the Christian flag, Christ expects you to be completely devoted, to be consecrated. That's a big church word that means to be set apart, to be, to be set aside for a specific purpose. You know, we, we use these big church words sometimes, but really what God is saying is, I want you to play on my team and no other team. I want you to give it your all for my team, not the enemy's team. I don't want you to come on our team and get to know the playbook and get to know the, the plays and understand all the, the, the vision and the mission and then go over here and tell everybody about it so that they can steal it, so that they can defeat us. No, I want you to come over here and know all the plays and know the mission and the vision. And then I want you to go over there and start recruiting them because they're the ones that need it. Amen? And he says, I want you to be completely devoted to being on my team. This is the really cool thing about when it comes to this illustration. Many times when we think about teams and picking teams, I won't tell you the story, but I have a story of being picked last in gym class. You know, we go on teams and we pick two captains and we tell them to split them up. Start picking sides, right? And you just hope and you hope and you hope that you're going to be picked on the good team. I'm here to tell you, and this doesn't make sense, and here's the thing, God's math doesn't make sense, but each and every one of you here today is God's first choice. There wasn't anybody else he wanted on the team except you. Then once he got you, there wasn't anybody else he wanted on the team except you. And he went to each and every one of us. And he said, if you were the only person left, if you're the only person on earth, I still would have sent my son Jesus to die for your sins so you wouldn't have to pay that penalty. So all I'm asking for you, complete devotion, dedication to being on God's team. Don't be a spy. Don't be serving two masters. The Bible says you can't. You can't ride the fence and play on both sides of the teams. You can't do it. God says, I need your complete and total devotion. First Chronicles 29.5 says, Now then, who will follow my example? Who is willing to give offerings to the Lord today? What are we offering Him in our life? My question for us is, Maybe a little bit more general. Have you given up your life for God? Have you given up your life for God? See, the good soldier that God wants in his armies are the ones that are devoted, consecrated, holy, set apart, a spiritual veteran that's completely devoted to giving up our life for him. To become a true veteran of the cross, we must first be good soldiers. So my question to us today as we wrap this up, do you have what it takes to be a true veteran of the cross? Do you have what it takes to be a good soldier for Jesus? Have you signed up? Have you joined the team? Have you volunteered? Do you have complete faith and trust that God will meet your needs? Are you completely committed and given up everything to follow God? Are you completely obedient to His commands and His will no matter what He says? 
Are you completely devoted, consecrated, set apart? Have you given up your life for him? You see, to become true veterans of the cross, we must first be good soldiers. And I pray that as we've been reminded of all of those faithful, committed, obedient, devoted soldiers of our country have been, my prayer is that we can do the same for Christ. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Father God, we come to you in this moment and thank you and praise you for your calling on our life. Your calling on our life to live for you, to serve you, to come alongside you in your work. So God, I pray that today you would remind us in our hearts of what those requirements are. You do not force us. You do not push us. You do not pull us or drag us to be on your team, but you continue to call out to us and draw us to yourself. Would you help us to be obedient, to volunteer, to sign up, to say, God, I need your love, your grace, your forgiveness. And as we do, God, you will help us to have complete faith, complete commitment, complete obedience, and complete devotion to your will and to your way in our lives. As we go from this place today, God, I pray that you would help us to be good soldiers for the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you tonight at 6.30 for our community Thanksgiving service.